0: This is my favorite album. This is my favorite album. album. This This is my favorite 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 album. This is my favorite album. I'm Cassie Delaney and this is my favorite album.
1: Welcome to my favorite album with me, Andrea Cleary. Today's guest is the multi-talented queen of Irish podcasting, Cassie Delaney. Cassie is a podcast host with Before Brunch, as well as the Irish podcasting phenomenon, The Creep Dive. She's the director of the online women's writing collective, Rogue, and as the founder of Tall Tales Podcasts, she's the person who gave this little project the green light. Thanks, Cassie. Cassie joins me today to talk about the seminal 2005 album, and Wide Awake, It's Morning, by the American indie band, Bright Eyes. This album is beloved by indie fans the world over and Conor Ober's vivid lyricism, its social commentary and its storytelling has stood the test of time. It was described by the Los Angeles Times at the time of release as an album with the simmering glow of a masterpiece. More importantly, this is Cassie Delaney's favorite album.
2: Cassie Delaney, hi.
0: Andrea Cleary,
2: hello, how are you? (laughs) I'm very well thank you you are you you seem nervous are you okay I'm
0: really nervous (laughs) I am really really nervous I suddenly feel like I was like just sat down here I was like I know nothing about music what am I doing like I am I do not deserve to be here it's such a a cool lineup of people and here I am being like here's this one emo album I listened to in my teens I
2: think this, but this is the one emo album that you listen to in your. are this is the definitive of that. And I think the best thing about this album, we haven't said what the album is yet. Best thing about this album is that everybody likes it. So yeah, I've yeah. never,
0: I've either met people who love it and like, oh yeah, that's one of my favorites or who just don't know it at all. Mm. I've never brought somebody to it who has been like, that's a shit album. Yeah. Because it's not a shit album. It's mm. a great album.
2: Do you tell us what the album is?
0: The album is I'm Wide Awake It's Morning by Bright Eyes. And it's beautiful. So it was released in 2005. Um, I think my, well, I don't think, my I know that my first introduction to the album was definitely seeing the first day of my life music video, which is a stunning little music video. There's people sitting on a couch listening to the song and it's their reaction to the song. Mm. And um, it's so cute. And it's I remember so it's so, so cute. It's adorable. And I'm not like a romantic person at all, but I remember... Watching it, and there's loads of different types of couples in it. And it's like the probably very progressive for 2005 to have scenes of people being really like cute and romantic together. Mm. And I was like, oh, these guys are lovely. And then the song is just like, I mean, it's an adorable little kind of like emo song, first mm. day of my life. You know, it's a, it's a, I think most people know the song. It's probably the most used wedding song of all time, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Um, but it's a gorgeous little, gorgeous little piece. And then I got into the album and there's so many other tracks on it that are similar, but have that cute kind of vibe to it. But also Conor Oberst is such a storyteller through mm. his music. And I think that's like, that's what I love in an album that you you kind of are brought through like tales and stories and things all the way through and in a way that you don't really get with music as much anymore. And we were just kind of joking about this outside that like, the only thing I listened to is like, Abba, Fleetwood Mac, this album, mm. Paul Simon, like it's the storytellers that I love, and I think in particular that's what makes this album so great. Like Conor, for for all his albums, Connor oberst opens with a story, mm. and that initial um that initial story at the start of the first day of my life is the piece of audio that made me want to produce audio. Really? Yeah, I was playing it for the guys in the office, uh, the other day. But it's this just- is the opening
2: story of the album. About the woman on the plane. That's it. Yes. So it yes. starts
0: off, and the thing is, it's the, it's the opening sequence to at the bottom of everything, and the story is that there's two people on a plane, uh, the plane st- goes into turbulence, it starts to go down, and you know it's it's a birthday party where you know every birthday, birthday darling, darling everybody love loves you very 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 much, very, very much. <laughs> and um, yeah, and the thing about it is like it's now. That I know audio and produce audio. Like it's recorded in a very echoey room. Like you can hear his cup like hit off the table. He's slurping. He's slurping. Which is typically like <laughs> unpleasant sound. But there's something about the story and mm. bringing it into you. And then like the dryness of the guitar when he starts kind of building up momentum in it. And then how it breaks into the song that I was like, I oh love my how God. you can
2: hear him lean away and put his drink down.
0: Yeah. I always, I, I'm always like, I can feel or visualize the space the room that he's in. Yeah, you're in the that. room at the table. Yeah. And yeah, it's all it's all the stuff that would annoy you as an audio producer. Mm. And it's so easy to think like, oh, I, if that was me in the room, I would be like, do that one more time, don't move away from the mic. Yeah. You know, assuming that you, you want the audio to be absolutely perfect. Mm. And it's the most perfect imperfect audio. And when you turn it up, you can hear noise, you mm. can hear grain and everything in the background. But it's just, it's a lesson in like how audio and storytelling, particularly uh, storytelling over audio, how it makes the audience feel and Mm -hmm. how it leads you into this beautiful album. And I will say with this album, it's 10 songs, 45 minutes. You have to listen from start to finish in order. You cannot listen to this album on shuffle because it's a beautiful, perfectly curated selection of 10 songs. Mm. You
2: said there that the that piece of audio is perfectly imperfect. I think that is a good descriptor of Connor Oberst as a vocalist, definitely. Um, he's really interesting because he is he has the type of voice a kind of an Elliot Smith inflection mm. he's he's incredibly earnest and it's the kind of voice that you would imagine would irritate people but it doesn't like people who don't like, his kind of vocal inflections love him yeah it's 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 so hard to kind of get my head around that i'm like what is that what is it about i
0: think when you look at like the net joy of what this album brings you and what like bright eyes brings you in in general is like yeah his voice if he were to sing acapella you'd be like i'm not listening to that i can i'm turning his voice off but it's the same with bob dylan like if you take their vocals in isolation you're Mm. like oh Mm. don't know if i like it yeah <laughs> but when you piece it all together with the musicality of it and the storytelling and everything else it becomes something that's so enjoyable and yeah you're right he is a perfectly imperfect vocalist um but there's just there's something it's the maybe it is just the the how earnest he is that makes it so wonderful yeah. and honest and you're in it and it's just yeah, it's just beautiful.
2: I often wonder if, because um, I I came to this album in the exact same way as you through seeing that music video, being like, oh my gosh, this is so cute. Yeah, um, I And I think there were album. gay
0: people in it. There were gay
2: people yeah. in it. And I think I, I, like, I, you know, it was 2005. So even seeing like mixed race couples that was, it, was yeah. like, oh, <laughs> yeah. how forward thinking, you know, it's, it's mad to think about now. Um, but I wonder if, if i heard this album as an adult without all of that sort of 15 or 14 year old, like angst and yeah. just interest in like emotional men singing with, yeah, me, singing was it. It was with like, guitars really, and agree,
0: like, oh, like it's it's me it's me in music and i think it was like i, I suppose i would have been yeah 14 15 when mm. i came to this and like there was a definite conscious effort to listen to cool music. Oh yeah. Like mm. I was trying to be alternative. I was like like sitting down, forcing myself to listen <laughs> to like, you know, um the Gilly Moths and uh um, oh my god, Dresden dolls oh, and yeah. <laughs> like anything else and a lot of garbage, but people people were listening to garbage and that particular album but yeah there was a definite like oh i'm not i'm not listening to christina aguilera i'm listening to Mm. bright eyes which is funny because i think it it, it was like a conscious effort to sit down and engage with music that i i wanted to support maybe Mm. and to explore and find new music so i would always like like i would go to you know the the american charts to look for stuff or I think it was like the time where like MTV still played music videos really mm. late at night and they often had like some really good ones. But even I think like after this was like the rise of like Kate Nash and like that kind of vibe of like really sort of jaunty sort of offbeat stuff. Like I remember going to Oxygen in 2006 or 2007. I was like 16 going down for the day with my friends and Bright Eyes were playing. So were the Mots, but also so were like, I think the Strokes. I'm going to have to bring up the Oxygen 2006 lineup. But like it was a good lineup. What a lineup. The typical, um, whoever was popular at the time. Was Beyonce on that lineup? No, Beyonce was like 2008, 2009. Okay. I I never went to to Oxygen. I wasn't allowed to go. Do you know what? It was a great day out. We weren't allowed to stay over. Mm. We used to go and get picked up from Goffs. So 2006. Yeah, the Strokes, the Arctic Monkeys, Um, Red Hot Chili Peppers Franz Ferdinand Kaiser Chiefs Bell X1 you know Goldfrap these were these were the the kooks so I remember actually like the kooks the feeling and I think the Kaiser Chiefs I'm having war
2: flashbacks. We're to my all years. playing
0: on the same. I remember going to like the magic numbers. Yeah. Oh my god! Do you this remember is the it? magic numbers? Loved them as well. So cute! What yeah. a cute. Band. They, were adorable. they were adorable. All all slight variations of the same Just person the same. making this beautiful like, little like like you and are slight variations of the same song. Um, yeah, so like eels, all this kind of like slightly indie, but the indie sound, but very mainstream. Mm. And that was the year that Bright Eyes were playing and also Gilliamats are playing in a in a really small tent. And I like remember, and Kate Nash was in a really small tent. And I brought my friends and was like, please come and listen to this. And like, it was, so, I think they were like in pain. They were like, stop <laughs> making us go to these places we've never heard when mm. we can go see like Franz Ferdinand over here. Um, but they were the nicest tents to be in because they were empty when you knew the songs and like seeing seeing people react to first day of my life was amazing when they heard it first in a tent in oxygen and then the next year or maybe the year after that we were down at a festival again bright eyes were playing and you couldn't get into the tent it was the year there was like really bad rain Everyone flooded into the Bright Eyes tent, and the tent collapsed. So he didn't get in, and I was like, "Fuck!" I I loved you from yeah. the start. Yeah, I deserve to fair. be in I'm this. I'm not like all fit. these fuckers. Yeah, like, <laughs> this I'm not in the people who who suddenly got MTV and listen because once it was once the video was on MTV, it was on MTV all the yeah. time. Yeah, the after that. Yeah. So 2005,
2: you've given me a, an idea of what music you were listening to. What was what was going on in, in life for Cassie in 2005?
0: Oh my god, hilarious. <laughs> it was. I think I was like peak born again Christian, but right? <laughs> just like, yeah. I was definitely like finding my friend group and probably making friends out of school for the first time. So I remember being at festivals and like meeting people that I knew outside, which was cool. Um, where I felt like it was really cool at the time. I was really into music and art and trying to like be creative and definitely that kind of like try hard teenage vibes trying to figure out who I was and not having a clue who, mm-hmm. I mean, I was a born again Christian, case in point, mm-hmm. like just trying to be like good and meet people and um figure stuff out. And I think there was probably like, I'm obviously like a very queer person now. And I think that, there was probably inclinations in my early teens. When I look back on it now Mm. that I was like, oh, I knew that I didn't fit in. I knew that I was different. So maybe by like trying to, to, to listen to this kind of music or trying to listen to stuff that wasn't the mainstream, I was sort of like asserting difference to be like, oh, that's just it. I'm just Mm. a little bit alternative. I listen to different stuff. I listen to, you know, I, I enjoy doing this. Mm. I, you know, spend time with my Christian friends. Like, indie or I'm not gay I'm indie yeah yeah that was it it was like (laughs) I know I'm different I'm consciously different Mm -hmm. this is what it is um rather than actually accepting that like I just didn't feel like everybody else even though I you know I did enjoy the Christina Aguilera's and the mainstream stuff as well but like I really was trying to be to find my own I suppose to find out who I was and like to to find where I fit in and maybe it was within those kind of Um, slightly alternative communities or the Christian community which spoiler it was not Um, Mm. but I definitely think that like being having these types of albums that I felt like I knew really really well were that like that was my happy place that was my flow state I used to listen to this and like I'm Doing such a disturb disservice to my teenage self now because like teenage Cassie was so music obsessed would kill me for like mm, not being able bands. to remember these bands <laughs> like I had a, a a discman and a backpack full of CDs mm. like that I constantly walked around with a like, broken back. Um, did you listen to much Christian music? Yes, and yeah. it was like indie Christian music mm. and um, Jason Wade, who's not that wouldn't be that dissimilar in sound, I suppose to probably the likes of the softer killers and um the kooks kind of vibe. So Jason Wade did this amazing version of You Belong to Me by Bob Dylan, which is probably what started getting me into like Bob Dylan and, and 80s stuff. Um but yeah like he's a Christian artist. Uh there was like loads of different Christian artists that like kind of every now and then would make it into the mainstream or make it to like mainstream adjacent. Mm. And um yeah I listened to a lot of that, went to a lot of Christian and that was the thing about being involved in like a born again christian church was like the music was bopping Mm. like there were live bands at every service so like like it was like going to a little gig every week and that's probably the thing that kept me back and forth like music was definitely my my happy place my safe place and i would take myself away and be listening to you know bright eyes and watching the bright eyes video with gay people and being like i just really like the music yeah
2: (laughs) you know yeah Yeah, it's like when you, when you're like 18 or something and you're like, God, I started watching this, this show, The The L Word and it's just, it's just about all these lesbian and it's, it's fantastic. It's just fantastic. It's just interesting. Yeah. Really good
0: storylines in it and yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think the thing that was really refreshing as well was that like Connor Oberst was like this really cool, attractive man, but like not like he wasn't he was a very sensitive soft mm. kind of but still straight man and uh, that was really nice to see as well that like mm. it was the first through music i kind of was introduced to different types of people and different ways of living and like not to say that like Knockline wasn't this like incredibly oppressive place <laughs> but like everyone was the same looked mm. the same we all had uniforms everyone wore doobs you know it was just a bit like everybody listens to the same thing and everybody Mm. does the same thing and, you know, we've nowhere to go and we all, you know, hang out together and we all went to primary school together and then secondary school together. So, like, my world was a little small in my early teens. Mm. I think that through music and, like, late night viewing of MTV is how I sort of, like, explored and tried to find community in different people. Mm.
2: Connor Oberst is, um, was for me as well, I think the a route into kind of sensitive men with guitars because I think before then it was I I was interested in kind of listening to rock bands yeah I was really into the strokes and like Julian Casablanca's was like I think I had a picture of him on my wall like and then when I started listening to Bright Eyes I had the same kind of feeling I was like oh he's very attractive he's very lovely and also, and he writes love. these lyrics, beautiful
0: songs, and he like, just—he's
2: like in love. He like he can he can sing a line, "You were born inside of a raindrop," and I don't cringe. Yeah, like that's that's very <laughs> difficult to do because <laughs> I think there is such a kind of a. I think, especially first a day of my life, how it gets away with being so twee without being twee, I I can't understand, oh, and I not think it's just all. because he's he's so earnest that it's kind of, it's come back around on itself. Yeah. you're like, well, nobody could be, like, he he has to believe this because nobody would say these things.
0: But I think it's a perfectly balanced album because Mm. if you had just 10 versions of Lua and um, First Day of My Life, you'd turn it off. But then you've got stuff like Landlocked Blues and another traveling song and even at the bottom of everything, the way Mm. that that starts with such the like, like really kind of aggressive dry guitar. You can Mm. see him doing it. He's flattening down the strings. He's just like banging away on that thing for the sense of the story. Like he does a lot with his, with the band to bring the song to life and the story. And there's moments where you can like really let go in this album and Mm. like scream along or like not scream, but like, you know, really get your angst out. Mm. It's not just those Crying into the pillow, sad, yeah. love song. Like a
2: song like um, Old Soul Song for the New World Order yeah. is a protest song in a way. Uh, it's also a love song. Like it's it's a lot of different things wrapped up in one. I think the production on that song is wonderful. It's, that that is one that when I was a teenager, it wouldn't have been my favorite. I think I was much more into, I loved Lua. Mm. I loved First Day of My Life. I loved the really kind of slow, sad ones. And then as I got older, I really learned to kind of relish the sound of the band on this album yeah. and just how well they work together and that this isn't the Connor Oberst show, you know, that the band are really, really important part yeah. of the sound of the album, you know.
0: It is, and it, I think it's one, first of all, 45 minutes of an album. It's like less than most podcasts. You can mm. put this on in a car journey and like it just takes you through everything you could possibly, want or need to feel and it's because I'm so familiar with this and because I probably listened to first day of my life on repeat so often it's the album that calms me there's like three albums that like I can picture myself younger listening to them Mm. and this is one that like will take me from way up here in a place of mad panic down to equilibrium again it's just so soothing and maybe it's just because it brings me back to like a former self Mm. but um it's just what are the other two albums? So these are being controversial albums and it's specifically because referencing back to being a born again Christian I used to babysit for this uh, Christian couple and they had no TV no channels nothing else but Christian music except for two albums in their house and it was Nora Jones Come Away With Me and Coldplay Parachutes and I used to (laughs) babysit for them every single I'm giving a lot away here but I used to babysit for them every week while they went to Bible study Shout out to them, and um, I used to make myself a hot chocolate, lie on their couch, not be able to turn on a TV. Obviously, pre like pre phone days, so mm. you'd nothing to distract yourself with. So all I could do was lie down, and I used to listen to those two albums wow. from start to finish, and then they'd be home. So it was like, again and and again, another two other albums I'll only listen to in complete and utter order Mm. and parachutes by Coldplay can still put me to sleep if I'm like suffering from deep insomnia I put it on and I will fall asleep to it because I used to fall asleep when I was babysitting their Christian children but Jesus (laughs) took the wheel and they were fine (laughs) shout out to those guys if they're listening
2: which they're not because they're listening to Nora Jones and parachutes by Coldplay
0: yeah or there there's a large selection of Christian rock music yes
2: Oh, so you would no interest in going into I wasn't,
0: not on my own. Like I wasn't going to go down and listen to some like deep Jesus stuff on my own. Like it was in places on my own that I explored uh, the kind of music that I really wanted to listen to. And then getting older in life, like coming out of this, I think, I think that there was like, I'm wide awake, it's morning is like the gateway drug into much better music. Mm. so like the sound of his voice and everything else started getting me into Bob Dylan then I started getting really into 80s stuff and like all I listened to like I'm not up on contemporary music at all Mm. uh, except for ABBA's new release because (laughs) it's ABBA um so like I would have entered into a stage then where I like exclusively listened to like Fleetwood Mac ABBA No Doubt you know anything that was like anything that had that that story in it Mm. that's it that's what that's what i connect with in in music and um in artists is when they tell a story i'm not interested unless it's an absolute bop in listening to contemporary artists talk about how they want to stick their willies into places mm. which or, they, I, or they
2: can't wait to get to the nightclub
0: or they can't wait to get they to the nightclub. To get to the, nightclub. the only it's one it's gonna be amazing once yeah, we get to the nightclub we're like, gonna have the so best much time fun. um yeah and there's just like the, the really deep bass thing doesn't do it for me mm. um so yeah I think that as as I got older then into my late teens and listening to a lot of like Blondie and you know Stevie Nicks started to figure out like who I was a little bit better mm. you know Stevie Nicks led into Practical Magic that was eye-opening you know all that kind of mm. stuff so I definitely think that like it has been this album in particular maybe that's why I love it so much is a definitive moment I, I guess where like I was really figuring out who I was
2: for me personally with the first day of my life I have to be very careful when I listen to it, yeah. and how much I listen to it, because I'm so afraid that I will lose the love, love for, it. for that song. Yeah. Um, so I purposefully leave a lot of time in between listens.
0: Yeah, I think for 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 bright eyes, for this album in particular, like I can go through a bit of a bright eyes binge or like a playlist of that 2005 music. Like mm. I'll go back to Gilly Mops every now and then and be like, "Trains to Brazil was a um was an absolute." bop of a song i can't believe it you know it isn't more well regarded mm-hmm. so the, but this album i can listen to succinctly in one and i will on days where i have like if i ever have like the first day of something still to this day like my first day of college i remember being on the the bus and being like i'm gonna listen to bright eyes first you know i'm mm-hmm. wide awake it's morning it's my first day of everything song uh but even recently like starting stuff um going into business programs and starting that kind of stuff. I will listen to this, the 45 minutes of this song and it really gears me up or, or calms me down or whatever it is, it's just absolutely stunning. And mm. um, so this I can listen to in isolation and I try not to like that. I try to never lose the love for first mm. day of my life um, and at the bottom of everything, which I think is probably it's hard to pick a favorite song on the album. We are nowhere and it's now. At the bottom of everything and first day of my life are definitely up there. Mm. But like they're all so they're all so good. Yeah.
2: And and I think with this album, like like I said, you know, it's one of those things that changes. There's a few there's a few different sounds that you can kind of pick and choose from on this album. Like if you want if you want to feel hopeful, you can Mm. listen to um, At the Bottom of Everything if you want to just lie in your bed and cry because you've just been broken up with, you can listen to Lua. Or if you really want to be cruel to yourself, you can put on First Day of My Life in yeah. that situation yeah. <laughs> and think about the person who broke up with you. But um, this is also one of those things where I would never, and thank God I didn't, I would never allow First Day of My Life to be like my song with somebody. No, and, like, God, no. Absolutely no no, 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 no.
0: You can't. You're
2: not having I that. I don't
0: even play it with, with people. I'm like, yeah. that's a song that I like. You're not having it. And I will yeah. never, ever ever allow it to be a wedding song or involved in any sort of ceremony. Like it it is a personal little to me. It brings me right back to lying on my bed. I had this like janky little TV at the end of my bed that my dad had like, i done something weird in the attic too that there was a cord coming down from the hole in the ceiling. <laughs> I know what you mean. And it was plugged into the back of the thing and I had channels and like we didn't have channels so I don't know how my dad did it. It's the channel cord from the attic. Yeah, the channel cord from the attic and I had MTV and the rest of the channels. I had MTV and Art Attack on um ITV but it used to cut off at some point but for whatever reason there was like yeah MTV was there and um I used I remember like lying on my tummy like literally probably six my face six inches away from the TV seeing the the music video come on Mm. and when I listen to that song it brings me right back to there and I know like I know now looking back I was like there are gay people I relate to them Mm. this is how I'm feeling but like for so much of my teenage years my story was like I'm a Christian, I just love everybody Mm. and I support that even though Jesus mightn't, you know, it wasn't like, (laughs) I was just too petrified to say, oh, I think that that's, it was more than I think that's okay. It was like, I think that's what I want. Mm. Like, but at the time I was like, oh, it's just love. Isn't it beautiful? And here we go is this cute music video Mm. where people are expressing themselves and isn't diversity great.
2: Yeah. And I think, you know, we, we were so starved of that kind of representation at that time, um, that you know, like just l- looking back at things and being like, "Oh well, yeah, my favorite character in this show was obviously the gay character," and just getting so excited when you when you see a gay character and not quite understanding why, and or like like seeing a bisexual character, you're like, "Whoa, yeah, <laughs> what is this?" So so yeah, I th- I think I, I had a similar feeling when I saw that video. I was like,
0: ah. That's mm. it. And it's so funny because I just I'm just looking at like what else was around there so like what the what the like the I suppose the mainstream sort of pop anthems of 2005 mm. would have been. And like we were already into like Pussycat Dolls Don'tcha, whoa, Gold Digger. Yeah. Um, you know, Black Eyed Peas Don't Funk With My Heart, Gorillas Feel Good, You and Me by Lifehouse, another Christian band. There you go. Uh, That was probably Singularly me Actually Charting that song (laughs) Me and my friend Fiona Shout out to you too Um, If you're listening Nice to hear from you Um, My Humps By Black Eyed Peas I can appreciate A good banger I really can And sometimes you're Singing along to something And like I think that I think that WAP has its moments, but like I don't enjoy when people just sing about body parts, yeah. what they want to do with body parts, and then take those body parts to the club and do well, with other people's body parts.
1: Because
2: they always want to do the same thing with the body yeah. parts. It's like shock horror. Gonna... You want
0: to stick a, th- a thing into a circle? Like People have been doing it for years. Yeah. Like That is how we're all here. You don't yeah. need to tell us
2: all the time. What um, you want to do? Unless it's, I want to, I don't know, fry an egg on it remove it paint it green yeah
0: i do do something new with the body part yeah but i do i just i want people to sing about like seeing a body part that they want to do something with but having too much anxiety to approach that body part (laughs) and then tell us the story of of how you landed there and why you're feeling that like bring us back to kind of like emo levels but like it's not even i don't think that like it's even emo it's just obviously very like emotional music which obviously is what emo is, hmm. but, but it's not emo in the kind of not, My Chemical Romance sense yeah, of the word. It Yeah, it wasn't that like all hope is lost emo. It was no. just that like angsty, oh, I'm, you know, there's something I want so bad and whatever it kind of, like only a woman's heart is emo <laughs> when you break it down. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, I agree. And that's what we were reared on. So yeah. it's no wonder that we ended up listening to Bright Eyes and, um, you know, everything else out of it afterwards as well. Mm. But yeah, I think it was um oh my God, Nickelback photograph. Like, no wonder we were going elsewhere for our music, not looking at the charts.
2: As a person who works with audio um, and podcasts, I imagine you're spending a lot of time not listening to music, not able to listen to music, but still kind of actively listening to things. Yeah. How does music fit in with life now? Do you, do you have... As much time as you'd like to spend. Nowhere near as much time as yeah. I would
0: like. Um, I definitely, yeah, it's it I I love podcasts. I love um I I love listening to people talk about things they're passionate about. This is why I love this podcast. I love um just I love the musicality of people's voices though, mm. you know. Like I love when you when you get those moments of you can hear the excitement in someone's voice or like even the the kind of privilege of working with in podcast production and being in a room when someone's like sharing a really personal story Mm. that is um you know i really love that and then i really appreciate that in other podcasts i also think that podcasts are just a beautiful way to consume your news so i try to get as much of them in as possible um so no i definitely don't have as much time for music as i would like and then when i do have time for music it is abba Mm. like it's always (laughs) abba when Mm. i'm cycling it's abba like if you see me around town with headphones in It's ABBA. If you see me in here doing some design work or like something where I'm not editing a podcast, guaranteed ABBA Mm. at the moment. And I will go through three, four months of exclusively listening to ABBA, gearing myself up for this weird digital concert. (laughs) And (laughs) uh, then I'll move on to something else. Like it'll be like I went through, it'll be like a real, I'll spend three months with Stevie Nicks or Mm. with Joni Mitchell or whatever. But that is, I always go back to the things that I'm familiar with the odd time like you know i'll find a song that i enjoy from tiktok and add it to a playlist and like if i'm going on like a short cartoon i'll listen to like new songs or whatever but like i'm not interested music to me is a comfort and it is a tool that i use to calm myself down and it's something that i do to bring me into my happy place so i need to go to songs that i know i love Mm -hmm. and songs that i can kind of like sing along to or like really imagine the story of or like I feel like I'm sitting with my friends, like my good friends, Joni Mitchell, Stevie Nicks, you know, um, Connor, I like to just like chill out with them and go mm. see them again. And and um, they've been such a soundtrack to such like happy times. And I can bring myself right back there by listening to them. And it's so, I think this is the one album, like I can put myself to sleep with, with Parachutes. I can calm myself down with Nora Jones, but like I can feel everything I need to feel with I'm Wide Awake It's Morning. Mm. And I will always put it on for a big day, always. Even if I can only listen to like 10, 15 minutes of it, like the start, it just does something. And like listening to that, the first two minutes with that story, again, centers me so much because I'm like, you know, the audio doesn't have to be perfect. Mm. It's not, we are not here to make studio quality audio, even though we are in a podcast studio, but like we are not here to get rid of every slurp and every movement away from the mic we're here to make people feel something Mm. and that is what this piece of audio does and I think it was recorded like on one shotgun mic as he was literally on sitting at a hardwood table drinking a cup of coffee with his guitar on his lap and it somehow then magically transitions into I mean obviously that's probably not the way it was recorded but that's how it feels Mm. and that is a really beautiful piece of audio that has been listened to 18, 13 million times, mm. you know?
2: How do you feel about the fact that there are other people out here who, whose favorite album is this album? Do you feel protective of this? Are you like, you're fake fans and I'm the real fan? I, no, I don't I because I, so- like- I
0: sometimes feel like I'm not, like, I don't, you know, I'm not a, as obsessive. I'm not one of those fans who... You, who needs to go and like learn everything about the artist I used to be when I was mm-hmm. much younger I could tell you everything needs to be known about like Debbie Harry or um, you know Gwen Stefani I was like really really into it or Pink like went through when I was before before this like a kind of 11, 12 massive Pink fan and like mm-hmm. All the facts I had them. I was like, that's how you love something. You learn everything there is to know about it. Pink and you...
2: was has been arrested in her life 18 times. <laughs> there you go. I know that. Yeah. Because I was I too yeah. was obsessed with Pink. You need to go. And
0: like <laughs> I was like, that is how you show your love for something. And I think that um I did back in you know, back when I was a teenager really spent all of my time with these artists and mm. like learn everything there was to know. And now I feel a little guilty because I'm like, I've forgotten it and I don't like, I don't need to know everything. And I just sometimes come from the music and like, I forget the track order and it's, you know, I don't, um I don't like store it in my memory palace well enough. And I feel like maybe I'm not a big enough fan to be, and I certainly felt like mm. a bit of an imposter coming in here. It's like, I, am, I do not deserve to be the person on this podcast talking <laughs> about this album because you there is probably do. somebody else who, loves it more and knows more about it. But um I forgot what the question was, Andrea. <laughs> I just I was just talking shit there and I forgot. It was um, how do you feel about this? Other being? people. <laughs> oh see I just don't think about other people. That was that was I just went on a selfish rant about my own feelings and completely forgot to reference other people. Um I think that yeah I'm kind of glad when I meet other people who who say like, first day of my life is their favorite song. Then I get a little bit like, no, you have to appreciate the whole Mm. album from start to finish. And like, you get to first day of my life and that's like, you have to listen to everything that comes before and comes after. I entirely agree.
2: I I don't think that you should just put on first day of my life you haven't earned it no you haven't earned it (laughs) you (laughs) don't
0: get to earn it and you don't get to watch the cute music video unless you're 15 (laughs) and going through a tough time yes but I think that that I'm like oh yeah of course it's your favorite song and I do it does it really bothers me when I'm at a wedding and they're playing for their Mm. first dance song because I was like you you were not you you do not get this this is not you found this
2: on a playlist that somebody made of cute first dance yeah and, and you looked at each other and said
0: oh it's like us it's a- you've probably never seen the video yeah. and you don't get the like this doesn't belong to you this wasn't created for you mm. and I think the the song and the music video together are made for people who felt like they'd never find their people mm. you know and that that's the story of the song it's it's. I'm glad I didn't die before I met you is like I finally found the thing that fits for me mm. and I just don't think straight people deserve that <laughs> I don't I don't think it's for them in Seafield to be dancing along to with all their friends and family who've never batted an eyelid, do you know? So uh sorry to all the straight people out there. But I just I think that that I think that's the best point I've ever heard anybody make I just I think
2: people don't deserve they don't need it
0: that's not that's not who this Mm. song is for and maybe that's just me pulling out everybody pulls out meaning their own meaning everyone's to see themselves reflected in art and they pull out the things that resonate with them but I think that it's just so obviously for people who didn't fit in Mm. this whole album is for people who didn't fit in or who were trying to not fit in or who were trying to like find their tribe or find something that wasn't Black Eyed Peas, My Humps in two thousand and five, mm. um, and so yeah. But I do love sharing it, and I love, I love seeing people's reaction to this album or seeing. But like, if if, if it would break my heart if I was playing the song for someone and they were like, I don't like it, I'm not really into it, mm. or if someone slagged me for it being my favorite song mm. because I know that it's kind of twee. I know that it's, and I know that it's far more popular now than I. Th- than it was in 2005 like I thought I was the only person in the world listening to Bright Eyes when I was yeah it it didn't
2: sell well it's only kind of after it's one of those albums where it's like only afterwards like it it got largely good reviews a few few publications um kind of brought up his kind of claimed that it was twee or brought up his voice and, and that sort of thing but it's one of those that just didn't kind of it didn't find its tribe yeah. for a little while as well, and I think you know, kind of like, um, do you know in the airplane over the sea by Neutral Milk Hotel? Do you know that? I you you will love that okay. album. It is like the the brother or sister album to this. Like it's very similar vibes. You'll yeah. you'll absolutely adore it.
0: Yeah. Now in hindsight, I think people know this song. I mean, like let's just go into the official. Um, yeah, like when you look at, oh, this is heartbreaking. Spotify, first day of my life is played 213 million times. And at the bottom of everything is only played 12 million times. So like. Mm. How many of those times are weddings? 212 million. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's not. And like, look, the, the disparity here in the track listing, people are not engaging with this album in the way that they are supposed to, which is from start to finish. They should all have equal amount of plays. <laughs> and this, uh, actually, to heart back to your previous question. Yes, I am offended when people don't um, engage with this music in the way that I want them to
2: album is on all those you know 100 greatest albums yeah. of all time it'll be around like the 12 or 13 mark like high enough that people will pay attention to it and be like oh I should go and listen to that album yeah or you say so it why. to people like mm. you
0: don't even have to say bright eyes they say what's your favorite album you say I'm wide awake it's morning and instantly people who know it are like yes yeah obviously it's mm. a great album but um other people generally are like never heard of it we're we're, we're looking at producer Fergal now but it's fine because you had to seek out this music in mm. two thousand and five. I mean, wh- like I was trying to think, like, where did I even get this? Like, where did I get the actual album? I was probably went into Tower Records in town to get it. Um, but it definitely wasn't like I wasn't downloading things in two thousand and five mm. for sure. I listened
2: to it for the first time coming back from a school trip from Dublin to Navin on a disc man that was my friend my friend's discman this was the only album she had with her and she was talking to people and i was like oh can i listen to your discman i'm like yeah i want to look out the window and like feel forlorn or, <laughs> just you know i was i was 14 or 15 yeah. or whatever i was like i'm not engaging with you people i was like give it go your discman and she was like this is the album i have and she gave it to me and i was like looking at the artwork and popped in the earphones and like you just that instant instantly into it. As soon as he started talking. I didn't I knew first day of my life um from it, the music video, but I didn't know it was going to be on this album. Yeah. So I I was listen just completely blown away, completely just like, this is the best music I've ever heard in my life. And then First Day of My Life co- came on and I nearly yelped. I was like, oh my God, it's the song. It's the but song. But do you remember that?
0: Do you remember oh my that God. joy yeah. of when you were, when, I mean, obviously convenience is great, love Spotify and like the instant access to everything we have in our lives. But you would hear a song either like on an ad yeah. or like a music video and not catch the artist because they used to just flash it up for a few seconds at yeah. the bottom corner. Yeah. There was no internet, but well, there was the internet, but I didn't have access to the internet. So we didn't have a computer to go reference what the song was. You'd stay up all the time, like at 10 o'clock and try and catch the the music video again. MTV used to play music videos at the same time and they'd have like the emerging artists and they had that great graphic that was like track of the week or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah. And they would play the song for like two weeks every night at the same time. So we used to try and figure out who the artist was. But if you happened upon a song that you were looking for for a really long time, there was it's no the best feeling. better feeling. Yeah,
2: or like, you know, it- it comes on in a shop like a music shop and you like run over and you're like what is this tell me immediately what what album this is or what song yeah I've been
0: looking for this for a really long time I need to know what it is or like
2: just going in and being like there's a song I think there's a French horn in it and there's a guitar and you're like explaining it like a 15 year old girl explaining it to this like 17 year old guy who just is so done with yeah. me
0: coming into the shop and being like
2: song on an on, an, on like an ad like-
0: <laughs> but you remember even those manky headphones in like hmv oh, that gosh. you would go up to and be able to like like sift through there for an hour yeah. or so and try and figure out what the what the album was yeah. that you were trying to find or preview the album if you were interested in buying it yeah that, that those are amazing they're just those were the days I wish they
2: were still a thing well not right now, during the global pandemic. (laughs) Yes,
0: but But I do enjoy like that, the presence with content that we don't have mm. anymore. That like you would go into a video shop or, you know, HMV or Golden Discs or wherever else and really like feel through stuff. You would pick up the CDs, look through the track listing. Everything was important. The artwork, you know, you'd sample it or whatever, trying to buy things for that one song and then discover something else throughout it. Mm. Whereas now everything's so like, I mean, Content on demand Which is great as well At the same time Hyper personalization Yada 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 But um, There isn't that Element of discovery Like you sitting on a bus mm. Hearing Hearing that track Those tracks for the first time Yeah Or they like The story revealing itself Throughout the ten tracks mm. Like we just don't Listen through things And it much ending much
2: like And not immediately Playing Similar things Yeah Do you know what I mean? Like And I, this is something that happens it happens on Spotify it'll play similar artists happens on uh, at the end of films on Netflix and different streaming services where it will immediately bring you to the thing you already like more things so there's more things like this whereas I think with albums I I get to the end of an album and maybe it's because I was listening to CDs as a teenager you just you get to the end of it and then you sit quietly for a few minutes and think about it and then you might go back and like rework the songs or like play your favourite song again yeah. or be like oh what was that second track but whereas now I think it's a bit I get really annoyed when Spotify doesn't alert me that the album is done like yeah. the album's over and it now. just
0: goes into something now else contemplate it's so annoying yeah. but even the like the the way we consumed before on a Discman, no screen in front of you, sometimes used to rifle through the lyric booklet. I was oh, so God, annoyed yeah. if you didn't get a lyric booklet oh, in a furious. CD. furious. And I'm, I'm still raging. the same when I buy
2: LPs now. If Yeah, I don't where get the is my lyric booklet? <laughs> yeah. Please.
0: Yeah. Um, and I did still like even yesterday with the new album release, which I, I keep talking about, but it was, <laughs> it's, it's, okay. it's a bop. I immediately went and was like, "Give me the lyrics to this. Mm. I need to read this and consume this as I listen to it, so that I can like just absorb it into my body as quick as possible and know it word for word mm. and be able to sing along to it." But I used to love, like I and I I loved. I remember like always lying down listening to music. So like either on my bed, like a typical teenager on my nana's couch in that house that I used to babysit for and being really like giving my all to the the music, giving mm-hmm. my all to the album, being able to listen to it because we didn't have other distractions. Whereas like now, you know, even now I, I don't listen. Like I wouldn't listen to this album sitting on my laptop doing work. No. Like I listen to it in the car or like on a bus or somewhere else. And I try to where possible just only listen. Not be distracted by anything else. Mm. Like only listen to this. Mm.
2: I think. um I think this is one of those albums that requires like attention. Yeah, and
0: it deserves it. It does, except from the straits.
2: Yeah, they're not allowed. They're have. not allowed to have it. <laughs> that's not- a That's a good place to uh, to end. I think.
1: Thanks so much to Cassie. This has been my favorite album with me and Cleary, an original production with Tall Tales.